Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Good evening, everybody. So, we're going to continue with our This Is Us series. And tonight we are looking at telling others about Jesus, also known as evangelism. But that's a bit of a scary word to some of us, I think. Um, And it's not simple, is it? I mean, I could just say, just go and tell somebody about Jesus. But actually, we just get bombarded by all sorts of thoughts and worries and concerns and fears. Now, some of you know that I'm training to be a physiotherapist. And one thing that our physios like to do is get everybody to stand up. So could you just humour me for one minute and stand up if you're able? Thank you. So what I want you to do is I want you to sit down. If you can say, I'm completely comfortable, 100% okay with going out there and telling anybody about Jesus. In fact, I think there's probably a queue at the chippy right now, so I could take you over there, just grab somebody and have a good chat and tell them all about Jesus. And you're like, yeah, that's definitely what I want to do. So you can sit down if, you, if that's you. Okay, sit down if you think that telling people about Jesus is something that you need to do in your Christian life. That sharing Jesus, just as we sang this evening. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you've all sat down. We'd, we'd, have, <laughs> we'd have to have a whole series on that otherwise, wouldn't we? Right? So as that clearly demonstrates, we all know that we should do, but we don't. Why don't you? Why don't you just go out there and, and tell people, you know? It's not difficult, is it? Well, there's different reasons. Some psychological reasons might be the phenomenon of social loafing, if you've ever heard of that, where because we're in a group, we think, well, somebody else will do it, or somebody's better at it than I am, or, you know, I'll do something else, let let them do that. And sometimes that happens subconsciously, you don't even realise that you're doing it. And also, God made our brains so complex and so amazing that he put this little system in there, this little limbic system, that helps us deal with fearful situations to keep us safe. So you'll be faced with something scary and you'll either fight or you'll run off or you'll freeze. And sometimes that system overrides our logical reasoning and our thinking of it's safe to do this. Our brain just goes, no, it's not. It's really scary. And we struggle to kind of get the balance between those two things. Sometimes you might feel overwhelmed. Uh, Matthew 28, the Great Commission Go out there and tell and make disciples of everyone. Well, to me, that sounds a bit overwhelming, and I don't always have the, the practical means and ways of doing that, so maybe I'll just, I'll just leave it. Some, somebody else is doing it, it's fine. She's really good at that. He's really great at that. I'll just, uh, just do my little bit here. Thankfully, God can help us override any of those things and more. Whatever it is, whatever it is for you that concerns you, Whatever fears you have, God can help you with those. And the other thing also is that as we are all sinners, we're all born into sin, how can I go to another person and say, 
not directly, but in roundabout way, that you are also a sinner. What right have I got? How, how imperfect am I to say to another person, you know, you're also in this situation and you need to do something about it. But the ground is level at the foot of the cross and God can help us with it. So let's not, let's not worry ourselves. So how did you hear about Jesus? What's your story? Did you suddenly wake up one day and go, I just know. I know about Jesus. I know what the gospel is. I don't need anybody to tell me. Did you grow up in a Christian family? It might have been through just growing up and going to church that you knew and learned about Jesus. Or if you didn't, you must have had friends, family, work colleagues. Um, You may have watched something on TV, heard something on the radio. Something started your journey to giving your life to Jesus. And if you understand why you gave your life to Jesus... If you understand the consequences of that decision, a life of eternity with Jesus, a life on this side of heaven, him helping us, and I know that if I don't make that decision, what my consequences of sin are, day to day, but long term, eternity. How can anyone experience what you have unless you tell them? Why wouldn't you want them to have what you have, right? We've been singing about it this evening. You, you, you love Jesus so much. Why wouldn't you want somebody else to feel like that? So the question isn't, why should I tell others? But why wouldn't I want to tell others? So hopefully I'm going to give you some practical ways to be able to do that. But first of all, I want to underpin that with some challenging questions for us. And bearing in mind that we are aiming to live a life that imitates Jesus during that. So calling, is it my responsibility? Well, as I talked about Matthew, Matthew 28, some people would argue that it was just for the 11 people that were present to go and make the disciples. But that was just the start. That was the start of the kingdom building. If they didn't tell anybody else, and those guys didn't tell anybody else, and those guys didn't tell anybody else, we wouldn't be here. Do you know? It's got to start somewhere and spread and spread and spread. And some of us may be called to get on a stage. Some of us may be called to be on TV. Some of us may be called to get on an aeroplane and fly to the ends of the earth. But we're not all called to do that. And for most of us, we just need to be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, 1 Peter 3.15. We have our own way of expressing what Jesus means to us. It doesn't have to be a big show or a big event or anything like that. Paul in Romans 10, he says, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. Verse 9, and that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 13, and he quoted that from Joel. He then goes on to say, how How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Now, don't get confused with the word preach. Obviously, standing up here, we we call that preaching. But it can just be sharing the good news and telling people about Jesus. 
And he went on to say, and it is written, quoting Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I want beautiful feet. <laughs> okay, next slide. So Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. It's all about hearing the message. So who's going to do the telling? Yeah? Uh, very recently, I heard a very well-known lady preacher who's on TV quite a lot. And she was talking about... Um, it doesn't have to be about telling with our, with our words. It could just be through action. Just be Jesus to somebody. Just show them what Jesus is like. And yes, that's true. We should do that. But I don't think it's all of that because I'm trying to imitate Jesus in my life. But I want to imitate all of him. Not just the bits that I'm comfortable with. You know, helping somebody out with, with buying milk and bread's one thing. But he, he helped poor people. He encouraged people. He preached the gospel. Jesus shared the gospel. Mark 1, 14 to 15. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So if we really, truly want to be like Jesus... We need to speak of him. So the other thing I want to speak about is compassion. This is a bit of a tough question. Do I love others enough? Because we, we get wrapped up in our own lives and we, we come here on a Sunday and we go off and do whatever we're doing all week. But if I'm not telling others about Jesus... I've got to question, do I actually love the people that are around me? And it might be friends and family, but it could be anybody. It could be a guy on the bus. It could be the lady in the cafe. It could be somebody that I play badminton with or, or whoever it might be. We don't, as Christians, talk much about not having an eternity with God because we've already made that decision. Our expectation is that we will have an eternity with him. And sometimes we don't, speak of what the consequences of not making that decision are. So we don't speak about hell very much, you know? We talk, I call it the fire and the fluff. We're very fluffy about, you know, life and how we want life to be nice and we can cope with everything that life throws at us. But there's the other side to it as well, you know, it's a, it's a serious thing. We, I mean, we don't, I don't think we talk about it enough in terms of encouraging each other and the importance of sharing the gospel with people, you know, is, there's absolutely devastating consequences for people that don't choose Jesus. And don't get confused when you come across the good people, the nice people, the ones that seem like they've got it sorted, the ones that seem okay. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned. I have, you have, everyone has. We all fall short of the glory of God. Psalm 14, 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Have you, do you know somebody that says, I don't believe in God? Do you, you must know somebody. I, I do, I know for sure. The fool says in his heart, there is no good. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. I'm glad I said that word, I wasn't say it before. There is no one who does good. None, not one single person, apart from Jesus, of course. 
Have you ever been to a hospital and as you're walking towards the door, you see some patients outside? You know the patients because they've got dressing gowns on and, well, it depends where you live, but most people don't go around in a dressing gown. And they might be attached to a drip or they might be in a wheelchair and they're smoking a cigarette. Have you ever seen that? That's like, wow. And I'm not, I don't mean to be judgmental. I also make wrong decisions about how to look after my body and how to take care of myself. I have unhealthy habits, as we probably all do, and it's hard to be disciplined. But it's just a really good example of how we are, uh, how we struggle with a dysfunctional life, how difficult it is to make the right choices. And so even when we know what the consequences are, even when we know what the truth is and the facts are, we still can't seem to make the right choice. So our compassion towards people who are in that situation. But what we want to do is give them the opportunity to choose between a spiritual life over a spiritual death. So for all eternity, which way do they want to go? And also to live a life this side of heaven, yeah? Yeah, we, talk, we don't talk about hell, but beyond this room, people who aren't Christians, it might, it's a topic that comes up, heaven and hell. But that, that's the main thing, that's the main message of the gospel, is that we want to spend eternity. But we've got days and days, weeks, months, years ahead of us, with Jesus, in our life, in us, working through us, day to day. And that's what we also want to share and get across to people. So I'm driven, driven by compassion to share that. I mean, if, if my friend was heading towards a burning building, I'm likely to wrestle them to the ground and scream and shout at them not to go in. Um, you know, I'll do whatever I can to stop them from going in. But I don't think we always take it quite so seriously when it comes to people around us making the decision. And I just sit there thinking, I need to do something. I need to get up and do something. And I don't know, go out with a megaphone and shout from the rooftops. I obviously don't want to be, you know, like this crazy lady running around talking about Jesus. But we have to get, we have to get, um, sorry, um, we, we, how can we not be stirred into action from knowing what the truth is? And compassion is easier for the friends and family that we are with every day. It's easy to stir up that compassion for them. But at the same time, they can be the hardest ones to talk to because we get so stirred up with emotion that we just kind of get stuck on our words or we maybe don't even talk about it. I mean, my, my dad, he's, he's from Bolton and I can't understand what he's saying on the phone sometimes. He's, he's very broad, very northern, very hardworking. He knows what he knows, you know, you can't tell him anything. And I remember having a chat with him about, about Jesus and I had this little tract thing and I, was, I kind of slid it across the table as whatever I was saying, I can't remember it was some time ago. And he just got his hand and he hit the table and, and he just said, you're not converting me. <laughs> and I went, that's okay, Dad. I don't do the converting. <laughs> and so for me, with my relationship my, with my dad, it'd be quite hard to, to bring this topic up because of those kind of times you know it's it's how to kind of trust God in our conversations with people in those situations rather than it feeling the pressure of doing something ourselves so we need to take that 
balanced, authentic approach that's rooted in our compassion. If we don't have authenticity, it just comes out as forced. It comes out artificial. It becomes awkward. And if you don't grasp what the cross means to you, if you don't really truly grasp that, how on earth are you ever going to get somebody else to grasp that? You know, if you're not grabbing hold each and every day of what Jesus is doing for you, never mind what he's already done, how on earth will you ever, ever be able to speak to somebody about it authentically? Next slide, please. And if you don't feel it, if you don't feel that compassion, pray for it. We're instructed to be kind and compassionate to one another. And Jesus had no end of compassion. Matthew 14, 4. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Matthew 9.36, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And my favorite, Matthew 15.32, Jesus said, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now for three days and have eaten nothing I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. It just doesn't care about the big stuff. It's also our basic daily needs, you know. Um, just a random one before. When I get a bit nervous, my hands go really cold, like ridiculously cold, and it's a bit uncomfortable and distracting. And as we were in worship before, I was like, God, please warm my hands up. And literally, as I said that, Renee reached her lovely little warm hand out and grabbed mine and it's just like it's just those moments where you know God really cares about the ridiculously tiny things that we worry about I've lost my thread now so along with the promise of eternal life with the Lord this side of heaven we have Christ in us all day every day and we can be the light in the darkness for those around us. And my favorite part of this, uh, this talk tonight is the collaboration. And I think Lucas mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, actually, with communion. Am I willing to say, here I am? God does not need you to do his job. He created the universe. I mean, he just created these massive, massive structures in space all the way down to in my body on a cellular level the detail and delicacy he doesn't need me to go out and do anything he can do it all by himself but the amazing thing is he wants us to work with him he wants us to be willing to work with him he wants us to step out in faith to collaborate with him he wants to offer us the opportunity to collaborate with him so that he can be glorified yeah the old testament's full of stories of people going into battle joshua he, he prayed he didn't just pray before a battle and then off he went god went with him into it he was orchestrating things as they happened he stopped the sun during the middle of the day he he had a storm going. He, all sorts. he delivered enemies into, into people's hands. He was in it with them, collaborating together. They're doing their bit. He's doing his bit. And me, I don't have confidence to step out and do anything God asks me. Nothing. 
But knowing that I'm collaborating with him and by his spirit, that just changes everything. I'm not relying on my own abilities, on my skills, whatever I need to do, a task that he's asked me to do, but God's faithfulness is to me. And I just trust, even here tonight, I'm just trusting him that as I step out to do this for him, he is with me, working through me and in me <clears throat> to do this. So by his spirit, for it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill his purpose for his good pleasure. So we just need to wholeheartedly, not just with our lips, say, here I am. Just like Samuel, just like Jacob, Moses, Abraham, Isaiah, they just said, here I am. And Jesus, Jesus came to do God's will. Jesus came to speak God's words. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus operated in the power of the Spirit. And he was willing. He didn't literally say, here I am, I don't think anyway. But by his actions, how he went about, how he conducted himself, he was absolutely saying, here I am. So, I did say I'd help you with some practicalities. Um, so, we can start off with some basics. A kit, what you might put in that kit. Don't complicate it. Don't overthink it, because it isn't. Don't forget, you know, he said, let the children come to me. I look at that Bible and I think... That is an amazing piece of literature. I mean, if you want to study, you know, if you're a theologian, that is rich, diverse stuff to get into. Joe, you know. <laughs> you know, there's great debates and discussions to have with you all, but the message is simple. It isn't complicated. It's only as complicated as you're going to make it. And if you want to study it and, and really delve, then fine, do it. But you don't have to go to that extent just to talk to people about Jesus. So what should we put in our kit? Well, you've got your story. So where did it start for you? What is your story? Have you ever actually shared it with anybody? Have you got you, your words straight with it? Have you got your tongue around it? Could you literally just tell somebody that story without uh, stumbling on your words? Do you know how you got to Jesus? And what difference does Jesus make to you in your life from that decision that you made? And it's also good to share the gospel within your own story rather than this kind of separate thing. I mean, some of us are very confident to go and, and just tell somebody what the gospel actually is and be quite straight and direct with it. And that's fine if that's for you, that's fine. But for a lot of us, that makes us a bit anxious. You chose Jesus, you chose the cross. There's a reason behind that. And the gospel tells that. So if you're telling somebody about Jesus in whatever way that is, and your story of how you got there, interweave that gospel message in it. And if you don't know what the gospel is, then you need to find out what it is. 
Point people to Jesus when you're talking to them. Yeah? Point them to the cross. If you don't know what that is, you're not going to be able to do it. Everyday language. This is something that I've been doing more recently. I've been a Christian for 23 years, but it's only recently that I feel more confident just using language that includes God and Jesus. When I've been to Kenya, everybody just says God all the time. Oh, thank God, or yeah, we'll pray about this. And it, it's just normal. And I'm like, well, that's, that, our culture's different. It's, it's not that easy. It feels, can feel a bit weird sometimes, especially when you're surrounded by people who don't know him in a secular environment. But if you try, if you intently make it your everyday language, things will be a lot easier. And um, for example, in, you know, you might be saying, oh, I, I feel a bit worried about this, what's happening, but I'm just going to pray about it because I know God's going to do something there. And then somebody knows then that you are somebody that prays and that might open up a conversation. You might be talking about some life issues and you'll say, well, well because of my faith, because I'm a Christian, this is what I would do or this is how I see it. And again, that might open conversation. It might not. But you're, you are willingly just talking out your faith. So it's looking for those opportunities. Get to know the people around you and share your lives. That's where our compassion can also build because we're understanding the people around us and what, where they're at and what they may need. And you may be able to say, can I, is it okay if I pray for you? It might be a message. Can I, can, I, can I pray for you tonight? Even better, can I pray with you? Like Sit there with them and do it. So there's um, a girl on, on the, I say girl, she's a mature student that I study with. Um, and she, um, I could, she knew I was a Christian because we've got a mutual friend who's a Christian, Lisa, actually, in Kids Church. And um, I don't believe it's an accident that I'm in her company right now because she started the course with Lisa, who's the year ahead of me. She left to have a baby, which was a bit of an unexpected, you know, unexpected for her. And then she's rejoined in my year and joined my group and sat next to me. I don't think that's a coincidence that she spent all that time with Lisa as a Christian and now she's with me. So she knew I was a Christian right from the start. We'd had a conversation about um, faith and I shared how I'd um, chose Jesus and she told me that her husband's parents are Christians and we kind of left it there. And then a few days later, I, I'd said, oh, I'd, I'd prayed for something and it had changed the next day. It had been sorted. And she literally just laughed out loud at me. It was like, but I think she felt more awkward about it than I did because I kind of expect some response like that. But she kind of like laughed really loud and then sort of stopped. And a few days later, she was talking and she said, oh, my God, about something and quickly kind of covered her mouth and said, oh, sorry. So this is just something she to me. It's like that being aware. And recently when we had our exam last week, we were messaging each other and encouraging each other and a little girl was poorly and I just sent her a message saying, I know you don't believe it, but I'm praying for you anyway, right? And she comes back with thanks. So it's just, I can't tell you how to say things to anybody. Each situation and each person that does it will be different. You have to find your own way, but being willing and having to do it, then, you know, that's, that's what you need. Oh, a, a very quick one. Renee, uh, I think it was about when she was about six years old. Um, 
she was in the playground with a Christian friend of hers and they were sat talking about God. I don't know what they were saying. And some boys sort of rambled on over and like, oh, what are you doing? What are you talking about? And they said, we're talking about God. And the boys went, well, that's weird. And they went, well, it's not weird to us. <laughs> Do you know? And on a basic level, that, that's really where we should be at. It's not weird to talk about God, you know, out of the mouth of babes and all that. And just as Jesus did, he adjusted to each situation. So he spoke to big crowds. He spoke to small groups. He spoke one-to-one, you know, and he adjusted how he did that. It wasn't about what I want to tell you. I'm going to share this and tell you wherever you're at. He adjusted himself. He listened. We need to listen to people rather than worrying about what we want to say. Listen to where people are at. And more importantly, listen to the Holy Spirit. Do you know? Because he will prompt you. He will guide you. And with your willing heart, he will really help you in a conversation. And if it all goes pear-shaped, do you know, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody laughing out loud at you or, you know, being cancelled, I don't know. (laughs) But never ever, or as much as you can, avoid getting into arguments with people. You know, we're not here to argue. It'll just wear you down. You'll come away feeling deflated and discouraged. And you just don't want to put yourself in that situation. Some people love to have debates about things. And that's fine. But some people want to, like, rile you up. They're just like, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? And unless you're Joel, who knows loads about the Bible, you're just going to go, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's not about educating people. It's about their need for Christ. And when people ask you questions, you'll probably find that the same questions keep coming up. Go off and find an answer to it. You know? So you can, it's okay to say to that person, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll go and see if I can find out. Go and find out the answer and come back and share it. And then you'll also have it ready for when the next person asks you the exact same question. I've learned more about God and the Bible by doing that than any other way. And lastly, just say, here I am. Here I am. I'm willing. I'm here. And pray for opportunities for those conversations. And he will give you those opportunities. And he will give you the courage to do that. One of my prayers is this, and I say it over and over again, and it's the one prayer he always answers all of the time. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm up for this at the moment, or, you know, I just don't know if I'm like here, you know, I I don't know, for whatever reason. But I just think, do you know what I mean? That for everything I've just said this evening, it's really, really, really important that we do this. So I just say, God, open my heart to this. I want to be willing to do your will. And I want to be able to work with you and help people. I love collaborating with God. And not to feel under pressure that we have to have all the answers or convert anybody like my dad. God brings uh, salvation through his power. It's a bit like a jigsaw piece. Each of us are a jigsaw piece in somebody else's bigger picture. It's God that brings it all together. You might be at the, mid, the, the beginning and the edge pieces. Somebody else might be in the middle. You might even find yourself in an amazing opportunity to lead somebody to Christ through prayer. So it might sound scary to some of you. Like, oh, I don't even know what to say. What does that even mean? But it's amazing. It's lovely. So 
one thing I've not put up there very quickly because I don't want to use all the time up, but I just thought of beyond that, which is the basics really, is there are lots of resources out there that can help you and encourage you. The internet's brilliant, but obviously you need to be careful what you're looking at. But one of the, one of the resources I love are children's books because sometimes we really complicate things and sometimes we pick up a kid's book about God and read it. It's, they're so simple, just as he wants it to be. And when you go to somebody else to speak to them, you've just got simple ways of explaining things. There's loads of sort of tracks about the gospel. And it's, it's in somebody else's words, obviously using scripture, but get them, read them, digest them, and find your own way of voicing that. There's loads and loads of bits and pieces out there. Alpha course. If you've not done an alpha course, do one. Not for your own sake, but so that you can share things with other people. You'll learn a lot just through the conversations that you might have with the other people there. And there's other books, all sorts of bits and pieces. I like these ones in particular because I know who Jesus is. I know in my heart who he is, but when it comes to explaining to somebody that doesn't have a clue, I can think of it, ooh, a bit overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. I mean, it's, it's a big topic, isn't it, Jesus? So things like that. You know, some people really want to know, how can I know the Bible is real? How do I know Jesus was an actual real person? Literature like this can help answer those questions so that you're ready and there's obviously lots of books available this one's quite a good good one in particular it's called intentional evangelism that takes people to jesus by paul williams and that's quite a cheap little book in fact i think you can buy lots all together and get a discount so maybe get together with some like with your life group i don't know uh, they're from um 10 of those i think something like that so yeah there's lots out there but what i do want to say is don't feel bombarded by literature because it's not that complicated but it can help us just to kind of pave the way for us a little bit and just in closing I just want to encourage you specifically to those who've already doing this or have already tried it keep doing it and keep sharing your experiences with your Christian friends life groups encourage them to do it you know, even when it goes wrong, I had this chat with this lady the other day and I'd, oh, I just got in a bit of a tiz and I got all, you know, whatever it was and then they can encourage you back. Or I spoke to this girl and she came back and said, oh, I think you, you told me you were a Christian. Can you, can you pray for me? You know, whatever it is, share it. It's really encouraging. And for those that have never done it, then I just encourage you just to pray, pray, pray. Pray that your heart, that God will open your heart and you'll willingly step in to doing that for him as pete clark says why wouldn't you want to know jesus you don't really <laughs> if you don't know pete clark he's about this big this wide scouse guy but he just loves jesus he just oozes it yeah so just just encourage you all to just take that step so let's pray lord help us to be people who can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard let us look at others with compassion. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, stirring us into action. Enable us to speak your word with great boldness to those around us without fear of rejection or stumbling our words. Encourage us to be like Jesus in all ways. We ask this in his mighty name. Amen. Amen.
We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.